Welcome to the Tech Arena, featuring authentic discussions between tech's leading innovators and our host, Allison Klein. Now, let's step into the arena. Welcome to the Tech Arena. My name's Allison Klein, and today I am really excited by our guest, Eduardo Silva Pereira, co-founder and CEO of Calyptia. Welcome to the program, Eduardo. How are you doing today? Allison, first of all, thanks for having me today and doing really, really great. I've seen an exciting weeks of internal news at the company, and we are doing, well, we had a lot of to talk in terms of the market, the company, and I think that this week is to that because we have great news around the, the ecosystem, data processing, all the topics that we're going to touch. So yeah, so happy to be here and be able to share this with you. For those of uh, our audience that listen to the Tech Arena, they know that I'm a huge fan of observability. So I was really excited to have you on the show. Why don't we just start with an introduction of you and Calyptia and why you, you decided to form this company? Yeah, well, my name is Eduardo Silva Pereira. I'm originally from Chile, now based in Costa Rica. And I used to work for Oracle for seven years. And the last time I was doing kernel patching, operating system mm -hmm. things. And after that, I joined a startup, what was called uh, Treasure Data, where they were uh, providing a, one of the first SaaS platform to host um, Hadoop as a service, right? Mm -hmm. And as part of that journey, they created this agent, multiple environments that was called FluentD, right? I'm talking about 2011, 2012. I joined sure. that team in 2014. And FluentD was a project that solved one specific problem. It was, and it's the same problem we have today, but a different scale that at that time, I'm talking almost 10 years ago, it, different applications were generating ton of data in different formats. And when you wanted to do data analysis, it was really hard to concentrate this data into one place to analyze, run analytics and extract the value. And FluentD was one, one of the solutions that was created in open source with a pluggable architecture that could collect data from files, from Twitter feeds, from log firewalls, for all the places that you can imagine. And the community built around, I don't know, a thousand plugins available to connect and send data between multiple places. At the same time, uh, when I joined that, uh, that team, I created this project called Fluembit because we knew that at that time, we we're talking about 2014, that IoT uh, space was really hot at that moment. Everybody was talking about 2020, your microwave will be talking to you and everything will be connected, right? But mm -hmm. all this software that will run on these devices will generate data. So the problem mm -hmm. that you got in the infrastructure now moves to your house, to your home, to your office. And you will get the same challenge, right? How do you collect all this data in a smooth way where you can run analytics at the end? Because that is your final goal. And Fluentbit was created for that as a lightweight alternative to Fluentd, was part of the same project and both projects were donated around 2015-16 to the CNCF when the foundation was created right after Kubernetes was there. People started using Fluentd in Kubernetes to move data at scale from Kubernetes cluster, it was pretty new. And, mm -hmm. and after that, there were certain uh, challenges where people said, hey, it's really hard to process data at a higher scale with Fluentd because it has restrictions in terms of the language that is written in, it was Ruby at that time and Fluentbit was written in C. So it becomes like an interesting alternative in terms of efficiency to process and move data at a higher scale by consuming mm -hmm. less resources. And if you look at the history of generating data from applications, you realize that 
data has been always a bottleneck, not because of data itself, mm -hmm. but dealing with data has been a bottleneck. And, and today, if you look at you know, every company is generating 20, 30% more data from applications, system services, from hardware, and now it's, it becomes a bottleneck. So how do I process this at a high scale? And with time, Fluent D and Fluent B becomes like the default in the industry. Now, if you go to any cloud provider, go to, I don't know, AWS, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, all of them went Fluent D or Fluent B somehow. So this is a vendor agnostic tool that moves data at scale in all the infrastructure places. And Fluent B, you can run it in a very small Raspberry Pi to a, a server that has, mm -hmm. I don't know, 96 CPU cores. And when, one of the challenges around data processing is like first tools to move data were just able to move data from, collect from A, send it to B, and in B you got the experience of analytics. Now you can think about Splunk, you can think about Elasticsearch or any type of fancy database with analytics engine. And when you see, you start seeing that environments grows, there's more data to process, your destination, your backend where you run analytics becomes to be the next bottleneck. Because the thing is that you just move the problem from one place to the other. You just move the problem from the left to the right. Now, now you realize, hey, a one interesting approach would be, what about if we move certain analytics pieces that are today in the right to the left? The left, mm -hmm. you can call it the edge where the data is being generated. And the Fluent D ecosystem and Fluent, well, Fluent Bit also allows you to run queries, allows you to enrich data, allows you to do any type of data transformation or trigger alerts for when something is happening. Usually, if you talk to any kind of user like that sends data to Loki or Splunk, most of them are doing alerting. Example, if the data contains this type of pattern, like an error warning, do something, trigger an message, ping somebody because some action needs to be done, right? But mm -hmm. usually that happens now in the database after you ingested all, I don't know, gigabytes of data and you indexed that data and that takes a lot of time. And then you realize, oh, there's something wrong. Now with Fluent D and Fluent Bed, you can do this as soon as you collect data before the data moves out, out of that box. You can trigger an alert, you can take some action. And it could be an entity to be called, could be a Slack, could be any type of any type of solution. So one of the biggest problems today, we have more data, more data. And from a business side, more data does not correlate with more value. Actually, it's totally you know, opposite. I love that what you just said. I was thinking about what you said about my microwave. It's still not talking to me, but many other things are. And and talking to companies you know they're they're overwhelmed with the amount of data and the the various locations that they're hosting that data and trying to seek value so so take me through your thought process as we look at these distributed computing environments how are you helping companies specifically and you talked a little bit about it in your first answer but what do you think is the challenge in terms of data volume and what do you think the the concept of compute gravity from cloud to edge means as it relates to tackling this big challenge of data volume and turning that data volume into value? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that I would try to answer with different pieces here. I think mm -hmm. that there are different challenges associated with data volume. 
one of them is performance. And for different companies, performance could be a different thing. Some of them is how fast I can query that data, while others is how fast I can move this data, right? Everybody has its own metrics. But then the common thing across all the environments is moving the data. You have to move it, right? And the moment that you move it, it, that is really expensive in terms of computing cost, hardware, memory, network, CPU. For example, you can have a car. Everybody talks about how fast a car can be, right? Mm -hmm. that, but nobody talks about how much fuel or gas you need. Are you paying attention how much you need? In data, people best, right? They just right. focus on, I need to go fast at any expense. And then you have higher cost, your CPU, your servers start to struggle and becomes a big problem. The other thing is like with data, I think that from the user side, we found with our customers that some of them don't know how much data they have. Right. They don't know also what, how much they have and what type of data it is. Right. And for example, we got one, this is from the company Calipio side. We have one big customer that play in, in the security space. They collect thousands and thousands of firewall messages. And the moment that they deploy our technology, they say, oh, now I'm not collecting, I'm not optimizing my environment. Now I am collecting more data than before. Yes, because your technology that you used to have, it was not able to scale. Now you're collecting right. more data, but now you can take some decisions on that. Do I need this data? If, yeah, if you cannot collect it, you don't know what you have. That, that's right. it's, it's, and in the user side, yeah, is this, they are still finding this discovery process that they need to learn to identify what is useful for them and what is not useful, right? And there's no pattern for all the customers, all the users. Everything is different. Every use case is different. And we have seen some efforts in the market around trying to automate this discovery process with machine learning, time series forecasting, and some of them somehow works, but at some point, every user is different, every use case and every business is different. So it's really hard to get the right insights. And the other thing with data volume is you start, all companies are turning into software companies, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that, that's as a fact. Everybody becomes a software company. You get more software, you have more data to process, and then you got the next problem, your analytics. Also, your engineering teams are being are investing maybe wrongly the time that they have to move the data instead of have right tools or the right partners to take care of that. Mm -hmm. right? Because when moving the data is a lot of complexity. It's like network fails a lot. What happens when the network goes down? That generates back pressure. You cannot move the data fast enough. You have to store that data into the file system. And at some point if things go wrong, you have to sacrifice data and which data you have to sacrifice. So there's a lot of decisions in the middle when moving this data at scale. But if you think that you can take some decisions on the edge where the data has been generated, right? You can reduce noise. You can try to implement your own criteria to say, this data is not relevant for me. Don't send it. Report mm -hmm. that exists. Yeah, that's fine. So I don't know if that answered the main question that you have. Yeah, I think so. You know, the, the other thing that I'm wondering is, you know, you've got great traction with the open source solutions. Uh, FluentBit and FluentD are being utilized by all of the major cloud service providers. They've got broad ubiquity um, across the cloud. What are you delivering with your 
commercially available solution with Calyptia that takes the solution even further? And what has the industry response been thus far? Yeah, great question. I, one of the things that we discover from our users that they value the most from a product like Calyptia Core, which is our flagship product, is the simplicity to integrate systems. Mm -hmm. It's not the same to say deploy this product, connect, create pipelines, integrate all your system in, I don't know, 10 minutes versus go, configure, flow, embed, and take a couple of days between right. test and try. That's incredible. Yeah, I think that everything, in, even in life, is about simplification, right? And from this, it's a very low-level product that is for infrastructure, right? But mm -hmm. if you look at the scope of people well, who needs to consume data and are in the observability space somehow, we consider that observability is just one part of what we cover as a company. Uh, they just need to analyze the data. They just need a fast way to enrich data or discard it. And they want to remove the dependency of IT people that can handle that for them. Because mm -hmm. it takes time. And trust me, nobody likes to configure pipelines manually. No, I would love to like say, horrible. yeah, and oh, I love <laughs> to use Runbit because I can configure all this stuff. Okay, yeah, people love it because it solves the problem. But that doesn't mean that it's an exciting experience. I think okay. exciting experience doesn't come with a configuration file, a Unix file. Right? It comes with a nice yeah. UI that simplifies in two clicks, I don't know, hours of work. Now, Eduardo, you said that you had some exciting news this week um, from the ecosystem and how you're engaging with partners. Do you want to share that? Yeah, of course. For example, I suspect that well, you were in Intel for many years. You were able to learn a bit of how was the old Linux experience for users. I started using Linux around 99, right? I think when I started college. And the, really, the experience around 20 years ago was really raw, right? If you want to use a modem or connect to a network, you have to come get a new kernel. You have to compile it. You have, I don't know. At, at that age, I used to have a lot of time, free time, which I don't have now. And with time, a different solutions start to appear in Red Hat Linux or to distributions that simplify the experience and make sure that you can use this without investing hours. Mm -hmm. Now, in the cloud space today, if we fast forward 2014-15, with the launch of Kubernetes, because I started like the very old Linux too. The experience was very raw, right? You have to learn a bunch of commands, learn about networking, storage, API, how things connect. Yeah, it's really cool as an architecture point of view, but you, you have to manage a lot of things manually. And then you have this new concept, same as in Linux, of distributions, things that comes with mm -hmm. simplicity and rehab. OpenShift, like Rancher, right? And they give you a great experience on top of Kubernetes as a platform. So you're not using Kubernetes, mm -hmm. you're using OpenShift or using Rancher with a UI, everything looks good. But now when you deploy your applications and you say, oh, great, I'm using this platform, now I'm going to move to... In observability, you get the same experience that in Linux 20 years ago, right? Yep. And that is honest truth today. People, yeah, vendors can say whatever they want. But that's true. People has a huge pain when deploy application. Now it's time to monitor. I don't not saying that there's no solution. They are, but they are not vendor agnostic. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to get married with one vendor, right? right. And this is where Calyptic Core comes in to bring you the experience of that this observability type of distribution to manage your pipeline in a very easy way, 
so you can focus on extracted value and do what you want to accomplish at the end. You want to anal analyze data. You don't want to create pipelines. You want to analyze your data. Creating mm -hmm. pipelines because that's the way to do it, right? And right. You know, we launched a couple of new features as a product, right? It gets it can be deployed inside Kubernetes or outside a standalone solution. But one of the things that it solves is cluster logging. So imagine mm -hmm. that you have a, a Kubernetes cluster and you want to move the data from your nodes to a database. Yeah, you deploy Fluentbase, you create a daemon set, or you use the hand chart. And, and that works. But the moment that your company starts segmenting in the logic of how the platform is used with namespaces or in OpenGPT's called projects, you start to, mm -hmm. they start to assign certain things to a namespace, which is a lo logical segmentation of us in the cluster. And those guys doesn't know anything. They don't know anything else about other namespaces. That's where they work. Right. That's what they know. But if they are isolated, they still have this need of, oh, I need to have my own telemetry pipeline. And the okay. telemetry pipeline for this team is different than the other because both maybe are sending the data to different endpoints, Splunk, Elastic, Kafka. Every company uses multiple. They don't use one, most okay. of them. And Calitia Core now comes with a native support for these namespaces. So you just get the product installed on Kubernetes and you just say, oh, I'm using Kubernetes enable cluster login and now create pipelines for your namespace. So you can give autonomy to your teams and you're not on IT operation folks. And I think that's one of the major values that people or our customers are finding with this type of tool that it works. It works and auto scale mm -hmm. because it's hard to predict when the day you will have more volume of data, but this can auto scale or it can reconcile. So it can auto heal if something goes wrong. So these are kinds of things that get a lot of value. In the other side, well, we're just talking about moving data from A to B. But I told you at the beginning that one of the big uh, values is to enable companies to bring the business logic into the pipeline. One example, we have some company that they process transactions. And those transactions, they can blocks with a lot of credit card numbers, right? This mm -hmm. is our kind. Mm -hmm. But these teams has very specific needs. They said, oh, if the transaction or the credit card number belongs to American Express, Visa, or MasterCard, I have to take a different action for one of those. Mm -hmm. And where are you going to take that action? Once you ingest the data after a database, or you wanted to do it on the node, on the edge? And that is mm -hmm. possible. So Calypto we allow to do all this processing, implement all this logic with a simple UI with a few clicks. And if a few clicks are not enough because it's a very custom logic, you can write some Lua script. It's for the Lua okay. language. And if you don't know Lua, and this is where we're testing out, we have a simple interface with AI, which you write in natural language, I want to do with this data XYZ, and it will generate the processing rules for you. Nice, nice. Uh, that really opens up to a lot of teams that may not have those technical skills. When you were talking, you know, one of the things that I've talked about on the program is that observability is such a key capability to the future of distributed computing. And I'm sure that you have some goals with Calyptia. Where do you see the company going in the next 18 months? And what do you want to be known for as you continue to make progress in delivering solutions and uh, gaining customers? Oh, great. I love those type of questions. I always consider that we have been lucky enough 
to be in a position and execute in innovation. And we have traction of creating something that adds value to the market from the open source area. And Fluidbit happened the same. Now, mm -hmm. if you ask me what our goal with, with Calithia, I think that it simplifies people's lives when it's about to extract value from data. But to get to that point, we have to go from the bottom, right? Solve the infrastructure problems, you know, level up the user. You know, we start with mm -hmm. an agent with a Unix file. Now we're playing with auto-healing, auto-balancing. Now you have a UI. Now you have processing rules on top of that. Now you have some kind of AI automation if that is not enough. So from a product perspective, we want that the user can achieve their goals in the most smooth way. We want that Calithia becomes remind as a company, but we don't want to kill it, right? <laughs> if I'm talking mm -hmm. 20 years in the future, I want that when people think about Calithia, hey, these guys solve everything around moving data at scale and nobody else has to think again how that works. Because today, every company has to think, okay, how data movement works, what are the agents, what are the tooling that we need? And we want to come up with a platform that abstracts everything. Now, same as the moment that people now see OpenShift or see Kubernetes, they don't think of an API server, they don't think of no, a worker node, they just think of Kubernetes just like a platform where you can deploy mm -hmm. applications. And that's it. Magically, things happen. That's where we want to go to with, with our products. And the team is, that we have in Calyptia is very interesting. Most of us, we have a strong background in open source. So we mm -hmm. got people who were hacking different projects from Canonical, I came from Fluent. I used to have my other projects. And my co-founder, Anwar, came from Elastic, from the Elasticsearch team too. Mm -hmm. so there is a lot of, I don't know, we are a team of builders with a strong open source background that we focus on solve problem and innovate on that. I think we are lucky enough to get traction in open source and with customers now because we are not in a position to, hey, we're chipping something to accomplish X, Y, Z. We are redefining how things can be done in the future. And I think that's what personally excites me a lot. So it's like we are not, we are defining the vision of how things should be done. It could be right, mm -hmm. the wrong customers and users will say. And now from our investment perspective from a company, one thing is products, but also we want to, well, we just started other open source projects to visualize data and add more value where we don't have the right tooling in the market today. We have options, but I think that all options always can be better. This is really exciting, Eduardo. I love what you said about Linux and, and observability needing to grow up and be more user-friendly. And it sounds like you've assembled the right software team to get us there and to make that much more widely deployable and usable. One final question for you. Where can folks find out more about you and the Calyptia team and stay in touch and engage in deploying your solutions? Yeah, great. So we have, of course, social channels. We have our Twitter, Instagram account, which is more informal communication. Now, we are 100% committed to improve the community of Fluentbed and the community of Calithia. So we are people investing to have a healthy community in Fluentbed projects. So we have these bi-weekly calls with our users, our companies using the technology. But that's where we are hearing wearing our OSS hat, right? Hey, you got problems with mm -hmm. Fluentbed. Maybe we can help. And we have maintainers from other companies like Google, AWS that everybody tried to find, oh, I got this problem, I have this problem too, or maybe we should work together and come up with a solution. That, that's mm -hmm. a way that we 
define the future for that. And for Calitia, also we're going to launch all our Carolina new head of marketing is here in, in the Gulf. Uh, we will launch a new way to connect with our community through Slack and other channels that uh, we're going to be start announcing maybe next week where we can awesome. uh, engage with the community more in an open way. Because I think what is what we learned from open source and from many years ago, actually, what, if you look at FluentD and you look at FluentBit, it's not what SADA created FluentD or created FluentBit, what it will get in mind, right? We just build some foundations. But after that, we got hundreds of people who have contributed with ideas, with code. And everything that you see in FluentBit today is thanks to the feedback loop that we get with users. And the same thing we plan to do with Calyptia. Uh, we don't want to just push a solution that might not make sense because listening to users, community, and customers is really important. Eduardo, thank you so much for being on the Tech Arena today. It was a real pleasure. I can't wait to see where Calyptia goes and would love to have you back on the show sometime. Yeah, thanks so much for the invitation. I'll be happy to come back, share about the news, or talk any type of things around open source company technology. So whatever you want, I'm here. Thanks for joining the Tech Arena. Subscribe and engage at our website, thetecharena.net. All content is copyright by the Tech Arena. 